the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, welcome back. This is uh, Pastor William Boylan, and this is Signpost. Signpost is an effort to really think through and cope with the realities of life in the light of what God has said to us and shown to us, the signs that he has given to us. One of, one of the most important signals, I think, has been given to Americans is the discernible direction and I think that may be the best word to use, the discernible direction we have taken as a nation, given the Christian faith and its recovery over time, or maybe another way to put it is time and time again. Let me just, uh, for, and before I even say this, I want to welcome back my daughter, uh, Alexandra. She, uh, she's a filmmaker. If you've been with us in the first half hour, then you've heard a lot about uh, what she thinks and how she functions as a filmmaker who is a woman and has really a clear and keen insight into how women view this, the movies that she makes. And she's out to really be helpful uh, in a very direct and uh, targeted way for women in particular. But what I started to say was just to set the tone again so we, as we do talk about this, as Alexander and I talk together, uh, just to be aware, and maybe some of you have really never thought about this before or been uh, aware of how we came into being as a country, because right now I don't think it's very arguable that we are very much divided. We're, we're almost becoming two countries, and Jesus doesn't say, watch out could be trouble. He says that is trouble. A house divided against itself cannot stand. A kingdom divided against itself is doomed. So does uh, that mean America's falling apart? That means America's about to fall apart, right? Because well, yeah, we are it, so divided. It, is. it can't survive. How long will it be until we fall apart? Yeah. Well, not not long at the rate we're going, but certainly uh, Abraham Lincoln coped, had to cope with this in the Civil War period. He had the South uh, divided against the North, and they went to war, bloody war. Uh, that was when most uh, most Americans really died in that war than any other war. Of course, they were fighting Americans, so that's not inexplicable. <laughs> right. But, uh, it was American against American. Yeah, no, a house divided against itself can't stand. And Jesus is trying to point out that uh, that the the he's not an agent of the devil that's what he's being accused of by the leaders of his own nation he says that can't be if satan divided against himself he can't stand either there's got to be a something to hold us together there's got to be a cohesiveness among us as a people and historically if you go back you can see this for yourself but let me just quickly uh hit the high points this nation really did arise from a series of spiritual awakenings, and not just in a general way. Some people use the word spiritual awakening, and I'm not always sure exactly what they have in mind. I have in mind the fact that the Bible claims to be God's Word in a written form. Jesus is God's Word in human form. The Bible is God's Word in written form. 
It came from the mouth of God. Jesus quoted the Bible, and he says, man cannot live by bread alone, by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he that he stated that very thing out of uh, uh, a revelation given to Moses uh, 1,500 years before Jesus lived. And Jesus quotes it when Satan is tempting him to quit his own faith to get a piece of bread because he's hungry. It was, he was fasting. But anyway, that was exactly where I was uh, wanting to go. What I wanted to do was bring us back to uh, basics and, and really reintroduce uh, our broadcast, which is signposts, because we have signs to look at historically to see where we've been. And if you know where you've been, you might have a good idea where you're going. Uh, presuming that God's in charge of the world, he has a direction that he's taking, and he's taking us with him. So let me, let me urge you to remember that the people that came over here and planted the country, not the founding fathers, they gave us the country, sure. They wrote the Constitution. In fact, they declared independence. But before them, 150 years about before they did that, another group came over, uh, and they had a vision they believed God gave them to light the world. They were going to be a light to the world in a city on a hill. Now, you're probably listening to me somewhere near Boston, and that phrase reverberates through Boston, Beacon Hill is where they put their light because it was a beacon. And uh, President Ronald Reagan loved to use that phrase, we, we are a city on a hill. Well, a city on a hill is where you put your light because it shines into a great part of the world. It's up high. And so it is that these original planters, they called themselves planters. If you're, again, in the Boston area or you're listening to our voice up and down the coast here, the Massachusetts coast, you know that uh, the pilgrims called their place Plymouth Plantation. Uh, actually, all the original settlements were originally called plantations. They didn't come here to plant cotton. They didn't come here to plant corn. They came here to plant Christ. <laughs> That's how we began. And it began because... Prior to their coming, there had been a great spiritual awakening in England, and these were English people who were spiritually awakened, and they believed God was calling them to uh, another shore, North America, to be a light to the world. That's how we began. But, of course, things don't last. Uh, in fact, with us human beings, we have to keep going back. We have to remember. And again, there's a reason in the Bible that that word is prolific in the Bible. Remember. Don't forget. Remember what I did. Remember who I am. Remember where. Well, that, that's a, a key thing. Well, if we remember our own past as Americans, we would remember that before the Declaration of Independence was signed, there was a great spiritual awakening again. Another. We call it the first because it was the first after America was formed, or at least colonized, and it was the first great awakening. It was people like Jonathan Edwards, uh, one of our own Massachusetts boys, uh, who preached a sermon that sparked it. And out of that came an America that we now know, and the Constitution was developed, and we began to live as a country. But Again, it began to slide, and things began to deteriorate, and people began to look to themselves and their own prosperity and their own needs. and Well, well needs are, but uh, put their own goals in the place of what God has called the nation to be. And there was another great awakening in the middle, uh, early part of the 1800s. There was an awakening. Uh, in fact, part of it was 
nobody let it. Uh, they said that this awakening, this desire to pray and to and to meet at new time uh, in churches, was so pro. It was so. Uh, it was so prolific, I guess that's the word, in New York, that they couldn't get through the streets because the longshoremen who worked on the dock had their wagons parked in front of churches to meet for prayer. And and there was nobody called for a prayer meeting or had an ad. They just felt they ought to. And that was 1858. And two years later, we had a civil war. And out of that great awakening came the end of slavery in America. It really did come from a great spiritual awakening. And one could argue that we've gone through an entire century now without one of those awakenings. Uh, we went through the 20th century. There's been great work done. I mean, Billy Graham has preached the gospel shore to shore and around the world, and uh, praise God for him. Uh, but that the thing we're talking about, uh, a spiritual awakening, uh, has not really happened. And I have to wonder, and now we'll come back uh, to Alexandra, uh, as God has called you to make faith-based films, if this might not be a spark, a a reigniting of that spiritual hunger and setting us up not to lose our country because we're divided, but to regain our country because we have something to come together with. Mm. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I would love to be a part of a spiritual awakening. You know, I just think that it's uh, it's really sad that our country is in such a um, state of division. It's well, heartbreaking. It and is. I live in a very liberal. You live Boston's very liberal. Los Angeles is very liberal. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of on the coast of the liberal. I'd like to mm-hmm. go hang out in the middle of the country, where yeah. people probably believe a little bit more what I believe, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, liberalism has its place in a, in a proper sense. Uh, God set, came to liberate us. He came to set us people free. There's nothing wrong with that. But when when you take uh, and, and erase or hide uh, the biblical idea of true liberty, then all you end up is the freedom to do whatever I want whenever I want. That's not true liberty. That, right. That's really a form of slavery, actually, where we become enslaved to our desires, our, our goals, our passions, whatever you want to put there, and we, we become enslaved to that, whereas true liberty is to be set free from ourselves, really. It's to be set free from from our mm. own basic nature and to want the will of God, a God, not a God who is tyrannical, who wants to run our lives, who wants to ruin us, but a God who's revealed to us in the Bible, who loved the world so much he sent his only son. That That's, that's the God that is, who has, has sent his son to set us free. The idea of freedom in a biblical sense is really what made this country, and it has the power to recover it. Well, and like what you said here, right here, uh, what we were talking about of like, should movies mirror or reflect society culture, or do we make the culture in films? And that's something I think about all the time. Like, there are shows out that, like, 13 Reasons Why, which talks about um, suicide and teen suicide, and it said it was an anti-bullying campaign, but really all I thought was it was showing kids how to commit suicide and then how to get revenge from it. And when we sit down to write our scripts, we actually really think about, we get to tell the world how the world should be in movies, 
I think that's what films are more should be more of like instead of a mirror of what's going on, because if you do that right now, you'd only be having very depressing films. Instead, I believe that we can make things to show people this is how it should be. This is how we should treat each other. You know, like do it. We wrote a high school film and it's because I want to show kids this is how you treat one another. Not let's do a movie about bullying and then show how to bully. No, let's show how to love each other. So. Yeah, and, and it isn't what we you said in the first half hour and what we talked about. You talked about the uh, there's a hunger out there for this. You're not forcing something. I think people uh, want to know how to live their life. That's exactly, you know, yeah, you're right. Like people are like, how how do I live as a Christian? What does that look like? How do I do it? And that's what we are trying to do with our films is ask some questions with also maybe answering them. But it's like people are desperate to one thing we really want to tackle is forgiveness. That's a big one in the Christian world, because how do you forgive? How do you properly forgive somebody, but yet not continue to allow yourself to get hurt? So that's another one that we've been talking a lot about. Well, if you use the Bible as your guide, you have so many basic human issues that you can focus focus on because a plethora uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> sure the, uh, the the bible is about fallen human beings who need to realize the desperation that we're in uh, we are going to die the soul mm-hmm. that sin shall die uh, god sent his son into the world to die instead of us Mm-hmm. I really need to, that needs to be clear, and that is the evangelistic message. Mm-hmm. But once you have been uh, freed, once you have uh, seen, I'll call it the light, Jesus mm-hmm. says, I am the light of the world. Well, once you see him for who he really is, you've seen the light. And the idea is not to flaunt that or to uh, impose it on others as if it's uh, something we wield like a club. It's rather to manifest it or or model it to others. And again, I'm thinking of films, Alexandra. Well, wish for Christmas the whole theme is light. And, and yes, it's light, but it, but it, but your approach to the movie story is a modeling approach. In mm-hmm. other words, it's not preachy. I guess that's the word. Right? I'm no, to say. no, no. Yeah, it's not a sermon. It's a story, and that's the diff. That's I think some of the problems with faith-based films is that people tend to come at it with a sermon. Like I need to teach the audience something. Well, if people want a sermon, they can go to church on Sunday. People go to the theater. People rent movies because they want to watch a story. And so we're telling a story, and within the story and the framework of the story, Christianity and Christ and Jesus is woven into it. Well, the the Bible is the greatest story of a told. Exactly. <laughs> so we just tell a lot of stories. <laughs> yes, but I mean, and, and it's like, well, when people ask Jesus questions, he would answer with hmm. a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's because he wanted to get us thinking, I yeah. think, obviously. And then yeah. I think that's what our job is as yeah. faith-based filmmakers is to get our audience thinking, to get kids talking to their parents, parents talking to kids. We clearly make family films catching face speaks to high school students and parents which for christmas speaks to parents and high school we want them to have a conversation we've had people say that they've watched catching faith and had conversations with their children that they had never had before because we're raising questions for them to talk about Mm. 
Yeah. And that's exciting. Oh, it, it, it is exciting because uh, when you hit on these basic human themes and you do them well mm-hmm. and you don't make them superficial or make them uh, stereotypical. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh. we might be related, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. If stereotypical, yeah. Sure. That, but you, 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 you hit on such real issues that people really experience that that's what got their attention. And then you've done it, as you said, in a story form. So you're not just bludgeoning people with facts they need to know. You're really uh, freeing them to enter into the uh you know the story a and conversation. The, yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah, conversation. But they're measuring themselves. I'm sure while they're watching the movie with how things are going in their own home. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think catching faith. I mean, catching faith is doing extremely well. And you have to ask yourself, why is this movie doing so well? And I think it's because, well, first off, the like the stakes are really just about telling the truth. They aren't life or death. Nobody's going to die in this movie. And we we didn't we chose to do a film that was about everyday problems and especially I think women we deal with that whole especially if you're a mother and a wife and you're trying to hold it all together and show that everything's perfect we talk about breaking that down and saying no in fact you need to come forward and ask for help tell people that you're not doing good so that you can be free to tell the truth um and for and this film is doing so well so I think it's because a lot of women watching it are like Ah, it f- gives them freedom to say, okay, I don't have it all together. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm making it up as I go. And you're not the only one. Everyone is. So that's like really been exciting about Catching Faith. And like you said, just at, being able to tell stories where people can really relate to that and bring that into their own life and say, oh, wow, this will help me live my life better. I think about one of the most foundational events in the life of the old the Israelite nation, the Passover. And the Passover is designed so that the youngest child in that home asks certain questions. Mm-hmm. And then they get the story. Oh, right. How yeah. they, right? Mm-hmm. They get the story of how their people were in bondage in Egypt, how God acted on their behalf, the way in which he led them into the promised land, but he didn't take them there directly. He took them through their struggles. <laughs> and uh, and so God must be, you know, since it's God's story uh, of how he did his deliverance, uh, he's got to be wise. So if you can take that, his story, and bring it up to date and put it in modern terms and in our, in our cultural setting, uh, it's inevitable that people are going to relate because mm-hmm. these are people and we are all people and we're hearing a story that really involves us. And the more we, and this again is where the Bible is so strategic because when, if the Bible is the word of God and if we are the creatures of God, then the story the Bible tells has to engage us mm-hmm. because God knows the way he made us and he knows what down deep we really all want. And what we really want is, well, we want to to know ourselves, and that's part of the Bible story. He reveals 
us to ourselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> the good and the bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does. And then he reveals uh, through, again, the gospel message of forgiveness and acceptance, free acceptance as mm-hmm. a gift to us, then he, he really does uh, give us hope. Because if it's, if it's this if this is true, if God is that good that he is willing to pay all the costs for us to belong to him, mm. he pays the cost. It really is. The gospel is about the free gift of God in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how to transpose that and work it out in a family setting, work it out in a parent-child uh, relationship, work it out. That's That's what we want to know. Mm-hmm. And Again, I'm coming back thinking, because I've seen your films, and I'm coming back in my mind to some of the dynamics in your your films that bring that out and mm-hmm. to show it, and not just show it as a need, but show it at work. Mm-hmm. Well, and you talked about the, the Jesus, God shows us our true selves. That's a total line from Wish for Christmas that we put in because our lead character is self-centered. And when her uncle who plays the pastor in the movie says God shows them to be your tr- their true selves um, their child of God selves and she asks how do you do that and he says I pray but a lot of that was because her true self was self-centered but she didn't like that and she was trying to seek out why am I like that and what does God really want well God doesn't want us to be self-centered so that's interesting that was something we really did work on for Wish for Christmas is trying to find yourself and really obviously a better version of yourself if you don't like who you are if yourself is self-centered you would it's better to be selfless and on to other people than on to yourself think of the way god made the world we're living in what if what if the world were really earth-centered and not Mm. (laughs) sun-centered there would be no heat no light be pretty dark (laughs) it'd be pretty bad yeah yeah so uh and and you know the lord again has done that i don't want to keep going off on tangents but uh the lord in the way he has created everything everything says something about him Mm -hmm. it really does uh he has revealed himself in the things that he has made and those who are really really uh pay good attention uh, are probably people we look to because they're able to bring out of history and just the created order, they're able to give us insight. And in a sense, uh, you're doing the same thing in a different mode, and the mode mm-hmm. is motion pictures. Motion yeah, pictures. You're, you're, you're bringing out um, things that touch the heart, but they also they strike us as reality. Mm-hmm. Because of uh, we bring to light issues, yeah. <laughs> issues yeah. that people can uh, relate to, and hopefully help Christians live their life yeah. with maybe a little bit with less questions. Or before we before we leave the air, yeah. we we always run out of time in these sessions. But I I'm struck by the fact that you've gone to Cuba and. Uh, I haven't gone yet. Andrea went. I'm well, going in October. Oh, that's We're right. going to Cuba in October. But yeah. Andrea went in May. But, 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 My sister went. But but they saw the film. That's the high point. Yes. I mean, well, the reason, yes. didn't they see mm-hmm. in the film a study of a book that yep. you presented yep. in the film? A woman in yeah. Florida saw the yeah. film, went and did the workbook, The Elijah Project, 
She asked my sister if she could translate into Spanish and bring it to Cuba, and it is taking off in Cuba. Yeah, so. and not there are other places this is happening the same way. Yeah, uh, South Africa yeah. and Australia, New Zealand, and we've sold it yeah. to many countries. Yeah. Which, what I was thinking was, this is a great clue, uh, if you need a clue, that uh, you've struck a nerve. Yes. Yeah. That you, you, or that God, I mean, yeah. that God wants this to be spread. I mean, right. obviously, God can do anything. And he, I mean, this film was made with very little money, a lot of a lot of faith and not a lot of money. And God clearly had a plan for it. And right. I knew that from the beginning. I felt very convic- convicted that he wanted us to make this movie. Yep. And I followed him. <laughs> and, he was, and he has showed that he wanted it to happen. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. When... Mm. when the Lord's in a thing. Uh, we, it may not be that uh, it brings forth what we initially expect, but when we look back, we can see that uh, we're being led. Well, that's yeah. that's exactly yeah. how I'm catching faith. Like, I had yeah. no idea what was going to happen, and now I look back at everything, yeah. and all those little threads make sense that yeah. weren't making sense the year and a half, two years it took to make the movie. Yeah. Well, Alexandra, thanks for thanks being for with me. Thanks for having me as your co-host. Taking your brother Andrew's place. Big uh, shoes to fill. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been fun. And, <laughs> Thank and you. If, uh, you've been listening to Signpost, American Signpost, really, because at root, what we want is to see the, the greatness of the American experiment, not lost, but really recovered if we're losing it, but certainly preserved because we've been a real blessing to the world with all our warts and blemishes and our sins. We've nevertheless been a great blessing to this very dark and, and scary world. The United States has held forth a light. It is, in some sense, its own signpost. Thanks for being with us. Bye-bye. Bye. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.